0: Chris Scalza here with Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, Matt, we become basically an IFC promo channel. So this week we're going to talk about two IFC films. First up, we're going to have Swallow and then we have The Wind. We're also going to tell you what's coming up on uh, your home. Th- home. It's It's a thing. I know these words. I've said them 496 times. The problem is I keep trying to change it, right? I want it to be, it used to be home video pics. Then I wanted to switch it to physical media because that's what we're trying to really hit home there. And I could cut this, I could, but I'm not gonna do it because it's it's authenticity. It's honesty. Right. That's what we it provide is.
1: you. It's principles.
0: Yes. Which I will surely blow up. I'm sure once we start doing our list. So anyway, I'm gonna tell you what's coming up in home video, damn it. Physical media, this upcoming Tuesday. And then we're gonna start our big countdown. We are just episodes away from number 500. We have a super secret surprise guest that you're all gonna be excited about. We, we're gonna go our top 20, which means our favorite 20 films we watched as part of this show. And this we're gonna do 20 through 16. Next week, we're going to do, we're going to do 10 through five, and then we're going to do 15 through 11, uh, because we like to mix things up. Integrity. So let's start everything off with a clip from Swalla. Ah! Sorry, darling. I let myself in. You gave me such a fright. Obviously. I just wanted to bring this over. Self-help book. I read it when I was pregnant and it really helped with the postpartum.
1: Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm making lunch. Grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. Can you stay? Oh, I wish I could. I can make something else. No, 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 don't bother. I better be going. You would look so pretty with long hair.
0: You should grow it out. Richie likes his girls with long, beautiful hair. Okay, Matt, you know I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. Why don't you tell everybody, what is Swallow all about?
1: (laughs) Such a jerk. A young uh, newlywed couple, uh, the man, um, the husband, very rich and well-off-to-do gentleman. The wife gets pregnant. She's kind of sequestered in this house and she develops a case of, I forget the medical term for it, but it's a common occurrence where sometimes pregnant women will eat um, non-food objects. They'll be compelled to eat non-food objects. And that's what this is. It's basically her kind of descent and losing control, uh, eating these uh, these objects as her life spins out of control.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's, I think, a way for her To kind of grab on to some control, right? To introduce something in her life that she has mastery over. Mm -hmm. And this is getting some pretty strong reviews out there, Matt. It's a psychological thriller, not your traditional horror film, right? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about this thing? Did this work for you? Do you think it deserves all the praise it's getting? It seems to be anchored around Haley Bennett's performance, from what Mm -hmm. I understand. I mm-hmm. have my thoughts about that, which we'll talk about. So, but what are your, what are your feelings about swallow? Were you, able, Was it, was it a tasty treat that you, you were able to swallow easily?
1: I thought you were going to say go tasty treat or was not hard to swallow? You know, that's where I would've gone. Oh, that much, that's much better. Yes.
0: Um, well, I'm coming up with this on the fly. So you are, you are, yes, not all going to be good.
1: <laughs> I mean, 60%, that's bad. That's, that's good. It's good. Um son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> Alright, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I, I kind of went into this pretty blind. I didn't really know mm. what this was about. I read the blurb and I, I have to admit I was expecting more of a supernatural angle or some kind of like cult angle, something akin to ready or not, where like the family had some kind of really sinister motive or something like that. But it's interesting. I didn't really know what to expect, and I you know, I thought it was good. For whatever reason, the lead actress was giving me some Jennifer Lawrence from Mother vibes throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't love it. It's kind of interesting that this film compared, we paired it to our next film. Um, yeah, right. Where it's kind of like the same thing, just with different, uh, different uh, causes, you know. But this one, while I thought it was good, I thought the performance was good. It didn't have a lot of suspense for me. Um, it was just kind of meandering to me. It was it was just okay. Like I didn't really love it.
0: Oh no 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 no! Like Jordan Peele, you know, and get out and that woman. No 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 Matt. That 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 saddens me because uh, I thought Swallow was really quite good. Probably possibly, well, faint praise. Maybe the best film I've seen so far this year. It is as i said anchored i think by a vulnerable and entirely believable performance for me by haley bennett i thought she was fantastic in this you can you can feel her just grasping for anything to stop her from drowning metaphorically in this life that she's trapped in she's this young woman right who who came from nothing no money no you know no family really and and she is swept off her feet by this just Disturbingly rich guy sets her up in this house, and then they, her, him, and his, and his family slowly kind of just take control over her and her entire life. It's not like we're not talking like a Cinderella stepmother type of situation here, but just little little things like you heard in in that clip with Elizabeth Marvel talking to her about how her son likes his women, you know, his women's hair to be long, you know, just always little, little moments, little stings, little barbs like that. There's just one for me, one devastating turn and betrayal after another. There's just one particular scene where she overhears a conversation, you know, and it just crushed you. You could see because every time she thinks maybe she has an outlet, it's just snapped away from her. So it's written and directed by Carla Mirabella Davis. And what I don't think they really appreciated is how it's it feels kind of anachronistic it's 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 it seems to kind of exist in two different times right because she's got this late 50s early 60s kind of housewife vibe the architecture the interior of the house how it's all how it's all desi- the, the design the set design of the entire thing uh, the, the color palette as well and there's also so a really kind of classic score involved in this so there's this one weird synth interlude song but the whole thing I think why I liked it so much Matt is it felt very kind of modern noir Hitchcock to me. You know, and it, it did. It did. It was I think it's because of the set that I think he's trying to replicate the 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 feel and the the eye of some classic Hitchcock stuff. I thought, you know, I'm thinking like Rear Window and uh, I definitely got the vibe from that. Is that that's maybe it's an artifice. Maybe it's entirely artificial for you. But that's exactly how I I read it. And um, the film takes a shift in the final act where it goes from this kind of psychological thriller to more about this drama about certain types of kind of loss and suffering and grief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know some people seem to struggle with that. For me, I thought it worked. I didn't think it really diminished the prior acts at all. I thought it was fine. So... Yeah, no, I, I thought really enjoyed this. There's really, there's this crowning touch at the very end of the film where it ends in the uh, restroom, right? That woman's restroom. Mm-hmm. And then there's these other women that keep coming in and out and coming in and out, you know, and, and the, kind of signifying that we don't know how many other people kind of live lives like this, you know? Mm-hmm. It could be any number of them. And it's just, I don't know. I really, I thought this was really well done. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I just have to disagree with you. I didn't like, I went into this pretty pure, like I hadn't really read any buzz about it. I hadn't read about anything, any kind of glowing reviews. So my, my expectations weren't looking at it, you know, I didn't go in thinking that it was hearing that it was going to be some great thing. And I just kind of watched it blind and cold. And those are my, those are just my impressions for it. I mean, it didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't strike me on a deeper level. It just, it just kind of was, it just was there. And I, I don't know. I feel like I've seen things like this that have been done better in the recent past.
0: I don't know. I just I just can't agree with you. I thought this was really well done. I'm gonna give Swallow an A minus. I'm just, I'm assuming we're gonna be really far apart on this one, which is a refreshing change.
1: Yeah, I'm um, gonna give it a C plus. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't have that much to recommend it, to be quite honest with you. Really? Yeah. I mean, the performances are good, but I mean, if you're looking for like a neo noir. Or even something. There's plenty more out there that's like more challenging and more accessible, and
0: I think better. Uh, I may go two out of three on that. I don't know <laughs> if they would be necessarily better. I just how just how vulnerable and delicate Bennett's performance in this thing. I just the whole time I'm watching this, I'm just rooting for her and knowing, thinking that inevitably she's going to be doomed. I shouldn't say knowing, but inevitably that something's going to ho- horrible will happen, and everything. I just, obviously, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. no, this thing really worked for me. If uh, Swallow is available to rent now on all your streaming platforms, uh, you can check it out because this is the world we live in now. If you've (laughs) already had a chance to see it, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. C plus. All right. All right. I'm not angry about it, which is refreshing.
1: That's good. Well, I mean, I think that just proves how much you didn't have as much as much emotional juice as you kind of did for some of these films. Like, there are some films that, if I had said that, you do get angry.
0: That's true. No, that's very true. And I really hate the term "juice."
1: I know. I know you do. That's why I keep saying
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> like some women have the term "moist."
1: Yeah, I know you mentioned this, and I'm you planted the seed, my friend.
0: I think it's more the plural <laughs> is what really bothers me.
1: Or what about the you know the adjective "juicy."
0: No, I'm good. I'm good with that. No? You're good? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Different connotation, <laughs> which we won't get into here. So uh, let's spend a few minutes. Big yeah, Papa? What now?
1: Notorious B.I.G. That's yeah. where you immediately go when you hear Juicy.
0: You're right. my, my, my Come on, Chris. My, I'm not a Biggie guy.
1: No? No. Are a big I, Tupac fan? No, nope, west neither. coast
0: I, was, I did not get into the hip-hop at the time. Tell you I what, was, man. I
1: hated T- Tupac. I, I think was it's mostly because my freshman your roommate would not stop playing him constantly but anyway, all, I, I, i'm sorry go ahead
0: all i know is california california love is that a tupac song
1: yeah the one with uh yeah where they have the mad max video yeah, da, 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 da,
0: da, yeah. Da, da. that's the only one i know <laughs> i know more biggie songs i was more of an ice cube uh tribe i'm a tribe guy
1: okay you're a tribe okay q-tip uh, yeah yeah I love. Me yeah, that's, that's true you do love some q-tip i do you do love that so okay, you know what I heard on the, on the radio the other day? I What's thought that? of you. was uh, Tina Turner singing about the Thunderdome.
0: Oh! <laughs> that is one of my all-time favorite 80s songs. I feel like at some point I want to I digress and do something separate. I'll just, I just give you a ranking of like my, my 100 or 50, whatever favorite 80s songs. Yeah. That would be in the top 10.
1: <laughs> throw, it the, throw it on the website, man. We
0: That's, don't need another website. If you got
1: a website, make, a list. make right? a list.
0: I have so much time. I have so many things I want to do. That's the problem. So let's spend a few minutes talking about what's coming up uh, on your physical media picks. This upcoming Tuesday, April 14th. We're going to the vault for this one, folks. So uh, enjoy.
1: How's it going? How's what going? You know, things, life, whatnot. Life is not whatnot, and it's none of your business. <laughs> So, you going to New Faces Dance tonight? or? That's also none of your business. Are you inhibited about dancing in public? I mean, you don't have to dance. I mean, you can just stand there and me and my dudes and just be you. And... Sounds major. So, I mean, what's the story? I mean, you got a guy or? Yes, yeah, three big ones and they less went blood. So, quit bugging me or I'll stick them all over your weenie ass. You know I'm
0: getting input here that I'm reading is relatively hostile I mean it's just gotta hell very hostile so there's a clip from sixteen candles that I had to cut there because as it continues, there is a an f word slur that we don't use around here anymore but this is of course you know what is what was sixteen candles when does that come out eighty eighty
1: four eighty five something like that
0: yeah so Arrow is releasing a super special edition of 16 Candles. It's a brand new 4K restoration from the original negative. But what's interesting, getting its premiere on Blu-ray, is a 94-minute extended version of the film, which has the additional cafeteria scene. I guess is a famous... I can't remember 16 Candles for the life of me. I saw it once when I was a kid. So you get two extra minutes there of that additional cafeteria scene. And there's an alternate home video soundtrack prepared for VHS and Laserdisc releases, which I'm really curious about. And you can watch additional scenes separately from the film if you so choose and more. So if you're a Sixteen Candles fan, that sounds like the release to get. The big thing for me this week, though, Matt, I think it is relatively, is Underwater, which is a film we discussed earlier this year with Kirsten Stewart. And they it Kirsten? Kirsten Stewart. I call her Kirsten. She's cool with it. So this is the, I don't want to spoil it. It's just a great little underwater monster movie, right? I guess that's the best way to say it. It's a lot of fun. So you can check that out. There's an alternate ending, which I'm kind of curious about, as well as some deleted scenes, six extended scenes, some featurettes, and audio commentary as well. The Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson film, Just Mercy, is getting its home video release it's uh, Just Mercy Shadows, world renowned civil rights defense attorney Brian Stevenson, as he recounts his experiences and details the case of a condemned death row prisoner whom he fought to free. Alex Wolf, who we previously saw in Hereditary, writes and directs The Cat in the Moon. Whilst his mother seeks treatment and rehab, teenager Nick, played by Wolf, comes to New York City to stay with Cal Epps. Who is Mike Epps? A jazz musician friend of his late father's. During his stay, he makes friends who show him what the city has to offer. Criterion, in your new to Blu-ray segment, is releasing Destry Rides again, and a brand new 4K restoration by Universal Pictures in collaboration with the Film Foundation. New interviews, a new video essay, and a Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the film from 1945 featuring Jimmy Stewart and Joan Blondell. You ever listen to any of those radio adaptations? Sometimes they include, I listened to a couple of them. It's no. fun. It's kind of fun to hear it. Okay. In fact, two years ago for Christmas, I went to see a play that did a radio version of It's a Wonderful Life. So the play was them faking doing a radio okay. teleplay of the, of the story, and it was great. Had a blast with it. Shout Select is releasing Homeboy, starring Mickey Rourke, and she also wrote the film. He plays Johnny Walker, a cowboy and a boxer. He's very shy and a bit of a fool. He's in love with Ruby, but he can't tell her, Matt. He's also a bit old to keep on boxing, but it's the only thing he does well. <laughs> Shout Factor is also releasing Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, the classic cult film, is getting a new audio commentary by critic Bruce Hallenbeck, and then a new featurette, Anything Goes, Hammer Films in the 70s. Arrow is also releasing The Wind, but a different wind. This is from 1986 starring Meg Foster and Wings Hauser. Foster plays a novelist who's stalked by a psychopath on one stormy night. Features a brand new 4K restoration, which is approved by the writer-director Nico Masarakis. A brand new interview with Nico and some other featurettes as well. Unearthed Films, Matt, is releasing Gutterballs. Are you familiar with Gutterballs? No. So Gutterballs has a bit of a notorious reputation. It's an 80s slasher film that has a hardcore porn version. Really? On Earth, it's releasing a special edition of the film, which includes the triple X-rated version on a separate DVD. So you can watch that, I guess. includes the audio commentary with the director, Ryan Nicholson, a couple behind-the-scenes featurettes and some outtakes as well. But for the particular group of people who are a fan of this film, this is supposed to be a better Blu-ray. It's been released on Blu-ray a few times over the years. Not in great quality. So uh, maybe this one will satisfy the fans. Uh, Police Squad, the complete series, is being released on Blu-ray. This is the original show, Matt, not the Naked Gun films. If you haven't seen it, that show, I think it's only six episodes, but it's still hilarious. That show still holds up to this day. And bonus, no OJ. And then finally, you got Tin Cup and V, The Final Battle, all beginning their Blu-ray releases. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt, is going to be Final Kill. An aging protection specialist takes on one last job before retirement, protecting a couple who stole $8 million from her Lutherus Climb family. Stars Billy Zane, Danny Trejo, and Randy Couture. So you can't really go wrong with that cast. What should we be streaming this week?
1: Um, so my themed co-host would... Probably like me to mention that um, certain film that is in his top four right now from if Twitter is to be believed, Parasite is available on Hulu for everyone to watch. But I'm gonna actually, you know what? It's not a family film. It's not for all the kids. It's not for everybody and grandma to sit around and watch. So I'm gonna recommend um, Onward, which is available on Disney Plus. I quite enjoyed it as the new Pixar release. Chris, not so much, but. Who are you going to believe, folks? Me or Chris? You know it's, the
0: answer to that. It's good. Like I said, it it's really stuck the ending. I thought the last act was quite good. But the rest of it was, it was just, it was okay. I don't think Parasite was in my top four. I think the one that bothered you so much was Portrait. No, was it wasn't? Okay. Yeah, I got it open right now. Casablanca, the film that shall not be named, The Thing, and then Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Were mm. my current four favorite films. Okay. are they right now I don't, know. I don't know so three days ago I think so it rotates what do you mm-hmm. want from me I just mm-hmm. watched Terminator 3 a couple days ago again I just uh, had a weird. I don't know I had I wanted an Arnie fix for some reason even though I have bought Dark Fate I didn't want to watch it because I wanted to watch right. I wanted to watch young Arnie younger Arnie who's actually plays a significant role in the film and I hadn't seen that one in probably 10-15 years Right. So, yeah, it's okay. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not great. <laughs> you can say that about a lot of things. You could. So, let's spend a few minutes, Matt, then, and speak about some horror in the old west. They're coming in for lunch. I've seen something now at night I hear it too whispering I've told Gideon but he doesn't believe me tells me it's the wind there are many natural it's not you remember how many graves you passed on the way here I told Gideon we should turn back I said everyone will be dead when
1: we get there and there's
0: Hush help. now. Please don't be unpleasant in front of the men. So Matt, Lizzie and Isaac are have settled out west. This is the latest film from IFC Midnight. They've arrived from St. Louis. They are now in New Mexico, which is very unpopulated at this point and there's lizzie feels there's something out there and they get some new neighbors and the new neighbors are a little off matt there's something a little off about them and things start to unfold between the four people one of them dies appears to take their own life and uh lizzie is convinced it's the demons it's the demons and the winds that are in uh, New Mexico so we have two IFC films Matt this week you are underwhelmed by swallow at this point I think that's a fair thing to say mm-hmm that's true how about the wind what are your thoughts on the wind Did this redeem them a bit in your eyes at least for this week that this deliver the scares and the oldest <laughs>
1: sure yeah i i think i had a better time with this one um it had some moments of real suspense and typical horror scares but i think they were well executed i think there were a couple of scenes that were a little um eye-rolling and they were a little much um i think they would have done more with the show less kind of thing but there were some scenes that i thought were were quite good and you know watching this late at night in bed, it was it was pretty spooky. So yeah, I enjoyed this a lot more. I thought it was a much more effective, um, but also much more
0: traditional horror film. I would agree. It's uh, directed by Emma Tammy, written by Teresa Sutherland, and I think this has some very fun, clever ideas in this thing. They do a great job too of spotlighting her isolation and fear. Right, mm-hmm. there are a few times you really feel like crap. She's out there all by herself. Right, you know, and then I don't know how she's gonna survive this thing. If I have any critique about the film, Matt. Unlike last week, we talked about I Lost My Body with uh, First Run Super Guest, Lady Wan. This film also uh, has a different kind of what narrative structure in regards Mm -hmm. to its timeline. Yep. We jump around a bit in this a lot. And I just don't know if this kind of fractured narrative suits the film. Right. I think that can typically make a movie compelling by kind of keeping you off your feet right kind of guessing at what's going to happen but unfortunately for me this time out i think it kind of inhibited some of the tension from building properly i think we kind of really get a groove and get some energy going on something and then boom smash cut things kind of just somebody pumps the brakes right and then then you're gonna we're jerked kind of to a stop and we're resetting Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. and i just it just it pulled me out of the film a bit every time that happened. Now I get what we're trying to do, right? Because I think it balances the traditional horror films with the cost of the psychological horror and the scares that we're dealing with as well about being all by yourself right? half mm-hmm. the time, right? Because husbands and families have to take off and she's left by herself. She's dealing with the uh, the stillborn loss of a child, right? I get a bit of a, bit of a spoiler, but they kind of talk about it right away. So. She's got to hold on to her sanity while all these events appear to be happening all around her. And though I think the ultimate reveal in the film is well plotted throughout. Mm -hmm. I still kind of found it slightly anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I I would agree. I think they overuse the kind of conceit of um, the shifting timelines. I think you're right. It would have been a lot more effective if they have kind of, I think I was on board with it at the beginning, but mm-hmm. I think once things really start kind of settling out, they should have um, either done away with it or found another way to structure the film to keep from take killing that suspense that they've done a good job of, of building in so- in certain cases. Because I think when they're really showing her isolation and showing how she's kind of coming unravelled and you know the things that are threatening her, you know where she's literally you know the only person around for you know dozens, maybe hundreds of miles, and it's just just creepy just to think about. Yeah. Um, I think they did that was really effective. If They had stuck with that stuff; it would have it would have gone over a lot better. But I think um, you're right. I think there are some structural issues that keep this from being good into being something that maybe a little more special.
0: No, I agree. Because I, I, I love original idea, kind of independent horror films, right? Mm-hmm. So, in fact, is one going to come up on my list? Maybe in a little bit. It might. We'll see. I keep changing my <laughs> mind as we go, but. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it. I would recommend you watch it. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, maybe temper some expectations. Uh, I don't know how high they would be going into this. I don't think this film is a a massive pull right now. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, there's not a lot of, some people would say, juice for it (laughs) at the moment, air quotes. (laughs) Either way, I think it's worth checking out. I'm going to give The Wind a B-. minus.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a B- minus as well.
0: Oh, um, All is right again with the world. We uh, that's right. Already.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, it also shows you how much juice Chris had for the last one because uh, he would have gotten
0: Normally, he would have he would have
1: yelled at me a lot more for giving this a B minus and that a C plus.
0: That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Insert Denzel uh, gif. You know, touching my heart like, oh, the, the the relief. I don't know why somebody thought I said Siri, which I did not. <laughs> and then I asked about Jeff. What? Oh, because I said, "GIF." GIF. Yes. Way to go, phone. I won't even say your name right now. The wind, available to rent everywhere. Is it streaming you know what anywhere? Else? I don't think it, it is. It. It's a, it's uh,
1: uh it's showing on Showtime right now.
0: Ah, which I don't have. So if,
1: so if you have Showtime, you can watch it there as well.
0: But I was happy because Amazon Prime had it for ninety nine cents to rent. I don't know if you saw my text, so I, I did. Really... But I have
1: Showtime. I don't have oh, HBO, okay. but I do have Showtime. So
0: oh, I got, I got the HBO. What's that? Yeah. What's yeah. The, I got the, I'd rather okay. have HBO. Oh,
1: that's not what comes with the package. Hmm.
0: There you go. Have you seen the wind? Shoot us an email at feedback at run dot com. And so it begins. We are weeks away from our 500th episode. There's so many ideas, so many things I want to do. I got a month, <laughs> less, I got three weeks to figure it out and see if I can get it done, Matt. I don't know. I'm not even going to say what they all are because I'm not going to be able to pull off, I think, half of them. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should definitely stream it live, which I think we can. I can do that. Especially now that our, one of the applications I use it. Now, probably not with video. Mm-hmm. I can try that, but that's just... I can't seem to figure that out. That's a heavy lift for me. I'm not very bright. I'm mostly just good looking. <laughs> You're the face. So that's fine. All right. So let's start off, Matt. Let's do our 20 through 16. We're gonna count down our favorite films that we've done during the show, and start off thing off 26 through 16. Here's one Matt, that didn't make the uh, cut for me. I'm hoping I'm not stealing your thunder. Let's take a listen. Let's see.
1: You're a doll for agreeing to this. I mean it. Ah, uh, it's nothing really. I can't tell you how much of a relief it'll be to get this night behind us. You know, we only arrived in town very recently, and we really haven't had a moment to spare. You know, what with the eclipse and all. You know.
0: So, are you a teacher or something?
1: No. I mean, not exactly. Just Did you know both of you live in one of the most perfect places on Earth to get a clearer view of it tonight? We heard. Yeah, this place is quite the astronomer's dream. Are you an astronomer? No, not exactly.
0: All right, Matt. So what movie is that from? That is from
1: House of the Devil. I'm- Excellent ode to 80s uh, horror by Ty
0: West. Yes, it is a great film. We did it for the show. I think it was, man, what did we do? That it was like 35. No, it was an old one, though. It was, yeah, it, was, it was
1: an old one, yeah.
0: It was right out of the gate. And fun thing, too Greta Gerwig has a guest role in that. She was just starting to blow up at the time.
1: Oh, she's the babysitter. So, she's a friend. She's
0: yeah, she's a, a friend, a friend right? of the babysitter.
1: And she's the one that, that I go, oh my God, <laughs>
0: I was not prepared. <laughs> for that <laughs> yeah indeed episode nine nine holy f teamed with the Wolfman. wow
1: the guillermo del toro or no, no the no. Nicio del toro excuse me yes uh uh vehicle
0: so there you go episode nine house of the devil you can if you go to the website and uh, you do a search you should be able to find it I wonder, I wonder if it still plays i'm gonna try right now if it still plays an hour and five minutes what the hell did we talk about we it were does pretty long I'm going to tell you, folks. Part of the, my concern with releasing the classic shows is that the audio quality of them is horrible.
1: <laughs> Hor- Plus, I, because we were doing them in like your dining room or my dining room with like terrible microphones.
0: What, what I would do then, too, is I would try and edit out the hiss, yeah. before, but not realizing that I was distorting the audio by doing that. <laughs> so it sounds great. So we
1: good. also had Espo there, too. So we had a third host at the That's time. That's true. So, you know, if you getting on things. his case about stuff, it takes an extra 15 minutes, you know?
0: <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, those are good times. Okay. So we're going to start everything off. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead. What's your okay. 20th, 20th favorite film yeah. that you watched for the show?
1: So this was a tough list, man. I had a really long list. And I kind of just went with my initial gut on stuff that I saw. Try not to overthink it too much, but this one I kind of this obviously the last the last slot was a big one, um, mm. and of the many many contenders that it could have been there, I ended up with a ghost story. Really starring yeah starring Casey Affleck. I ended up watching. I've seen that multiple times, and I do like the kind of just odd, you know. Unusual storytelling where it's basically just a silent film for a, quite a bit of it as this obviously ghost sits there and haunts a house as it passes through time. I thought it was a really interesting conceit. I switched it out at the last minute. That was what my gut was telling me and that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Fair enough. So I'm going to tell you that I hate with a white hot passion under the Silver Lake. Mm. But... If you want to watch David Robert Mitchell's best film and my 20th pick, I would recommend It Follows, mm. which is a another great kind of retro horror film with mm-hmm. a kick-ass 80s synth score. And it's another film that's anachronistic, but that's because it, it exists in kind of this parallel earth, right? Because mm-hmm. the technology, there's weird things that people use and have. and But the, the general... Focus the film is a, man, I've, even Matt, when I tell people to this day, when I tell people what this movie is about, I get like goosebumps because it's such an effective story, right? Right. So when you sleep with somebody, there is something following you, walking, eventually hoping to connect or to, to catch up with you. And when it does, it does something horrible to you and kills you. And it can look like anybody. It can be anybody. Just right now, Matt, goosebumps. Right now, just talking. About, <laughs> I don't know what it is about this film, but it's just the way Mitchell shoots this thing. When every time you see somebody in the background walking, you're like, "Is that it? Is that it?" Right? And it's just and there's just a couple a couple reveals in the film too. The one in the hallway, right? I just, oh, I'm sure this thing just works and it works and it terrifying and. Maybe the logic of the film's a little off at times, but it doesn't matter because this is just a roller coaster ride of horror. And it, it is just, I, I dare say it's almost perfect. I, I absolutely yeah. love this thing.
1: Yeah, It Follows is fantastic. I really like It Follows. Um. Okay, so again, here's a, probably a strange choice, I think. I think Chris is going to be surprised. This is the only MCU entry that made it on this entire list. Ooh, okay. I don't have one. You don't have one? my 19th film that i'm going to recommend i think is it the more and more i think about this it's the the mcu film that i seem to have the most fun watching so far is thor ragnarok um Mm -hmm. Taika Waititi puts together something that's just elevates the underwhelming Thor franchise and makes it like one of the strongest contenders and the strongest character possibly right now in the MCU. Hemsworth is fantastic; he's funny. Pete Blanchett's maybe my favorite villain; she just kind of chews up the whole scenery. Tessa Thompson's great. Everybody in that just is just elevates the material. It's funny, it's fun, and it's exciting, man. There's still parts of that that I still you know get you know get really jazzed to watch and. I think as much as I like Winter Soldier, it's really the kind of only MCU film out there that works so much that it's it's just fun and stupid the whole way through, and it knows what it is, and it just kind of leans into that ridiculousness.
0: No, I agree. I mean, like you said, the Thor franchise, I think, was the, the bottom. I'd say you can't even count the Hulk, right, because it was just the one film. Right. Incredible Hulk. Uh, but those f- first two Thor films are not very good at all. Yeah, but
1: like... I saw the first one. I caught a few minutes of the first one. They dyed Hemsworth's eyebrows blonde. It looks so ridiculous in the first one. It's ridiculous. Uh, I sorry, I digress. So. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, but it, yeah, they're they're not good. So the only film that actually I think the only MCU film that I think would have made my list was Ragnarok, and it is on my master list of I think right. approximately 200 films. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, not quite, unfortunately. So my number two my number two my number 19 then is sean baker's the florida project which you talked about last week with an absolutely just devastating performance by a six-year-old girl uh brooklyn prince who plays mooney and really though the 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 structural core and heart of the film uh willem dafoe who plays bobby hicks the manager of the magic castle motel just as you talked about last, was it last week, right? And it's just a, yeah. a, a week or so, whatever it is in the life of these people who just live in this motel in Kissimmee. And Or as I used to say as a kid, Kissimmee! My grandmother loved that. I was like six. I always said it that way. <laughs> I'm sure I'm the only person that ever did that. Either way, Defoe, I think, should have won an Academy Award that year. I don't believe he did, which crushed my what's left of my soul. And but really, it's a heartwarming and heartbreaking film of just people basically just living on the edge, trying to get by. And uh, it's a beautiful, wonderful, small little film. So it's my number nineteen.
1: The Florida Project is great, and I think um, as we go through this, I'm going to have the people's list, and Chris is going to have the like the legitimate, legitimate cinephile (laughs) list Um, (laughs) because like uh, I got a couple here. Yeah, what I went for though is is really I kind of base it as like how often would I go back and rewatch this as much as I love the Florida yeah. product. I'm not going to go back and see it as many times as I'm going to go back and watch Ragnarok.
0: You know? And this for me is just films that had the biggest impact on me. Sure. If I did a rewatch list, this list yeah. would be probably very different.
1: Yeah. Half of it. Okay. All right. So my number 18 is the proper, not the ripoff. The uh, script was floating around forever gareth edwards probably ripped it off but my number 18 and it makes me sad we're not gonna get another one is dread my favorite (laughs) one of my favorite sci-fi um action films um that had the unfortunate as great as the raid redemption is it came out after raid redemption so it got a lot of copycat accusations and it just didn't i think from me yeah it did it did but i don't think that's fair as i mentioned in one of my many show, one of our shows in the relatively distant past that um the rumor is that gareth edwards had read the dread script um and Mm that's you know because it had been floating around for a decade before it finally got made um and that he used that for the basis for the raid but as great as the raid is, guys dread is so much fun it's hyper violent it's got these cool you know slow motion uh shootouts um just crazy sci-fi action and carl urban is pitch perfect as dread it's so much fun to watch um Fantastic. It's an underappreciated film, and I wish more people would get on board with it.
0: Yeah. Man, it's it's sad that some things just don't seem to capture the zeitgeist, and I don't it's disappointing. Because you're yeah, right, I dread guess. is great. And like you said, yeah, Urban is fantastic in it, and it's a waste that we never got we're never gonna get a sequel out of that thing. And also, yeah. from what I understand, ghost directed by Alex Garland. Oh, was he, it? He uh, actually directed, I think the original director, I'm blanking on the name, he was basically fired after a little while or something okay. happened and Garland okay. stepped in and basically directed that film. And then Garland, of course, Ex Machina, Annihilation. Yeah. He's got that show on Hulu, which I want to see with uh yeah. Offerman. Yeah. So. Debs,
1: yeah, I want to see that too. And this makes me wish I was like, if I was like filthy rich, if like I had Jeff Bezos' money, I would just fund a Dread movie. There were so many movies I would just fund. Just
0: yeah, yeah. We'll have to work on that. So, My number 18 is a film that Matt gets on me about because I had said it was a perfect film, yet it wasn't my number one film that came out that year. Mm. And that's Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird, starring Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. Another person robbed of an Academy Award, Laurie Metcalf, because Allison Janney got the shinier role in I, But I think the real... Sole performance that year was Laurie Metcalf playing uh, Lady Bird's mom, but it is a just beautiful little film about a young woman growing up, trying to figure out who she is, and strike out on her own and do her own thing, while you know ne- negotiating or navigating the life she has with her family. She's got the kind of supportive father who's kind of like you know not really. Doing much, and the the mom who has to be the driving force in the family, so the two of them clash. But it is very funny, very sweet and endearing, uh, high drama at times, but still a great, great little film and a wonderful little film too for all the mothers and daughters out there. Uh, and you don't have to be a mother or a daughter because I'm neither, and I loved it. So Lady Bird's number 18.
1: Yeah, Lady Bird's a really good film. It's really, it's a really good film. So my number 17 is a film that I've talked about. Um... Several times in the recent past, it kind of you know has gone to the forefront of my mind that I've watched a few times since then. And while most of my list I is definitely has a shoot 'em up, action, scary monsters kind of bent kind of thing, no, I do have a soft spot sometimes. And so, this mm-hmm. my number 17 is her, which is uh mm-hmm. Yakuin Phoenix and basically is a man in the near future who falls in love with the artificial intelligence in his phone, which is played by or voiced by Scarlett Johansson also stars Rooney Mara, uh, Amy Adams. Um, It's a, it's a, an interesting film that kind of shows the kind of connections that we kind of lose. And we kind of thirst for as people. And we try any way that we can to replace them in, in complicated ways or uncomplicated ways. And it's, it really hits home that, you know, because it seems maybe it has a bit of presence. You know, just wait till the sex robots come out and <laughs> society will crumble. So, yeah, it's, it's a good, sweet film that kind of hits me in a certain nerve.
0: No, that's... Uh, no, I understand that. That works for me. So, my 17, then, is the uh, debut of... I think he's made two films so far, and I've loved both of them. And... Number seventeen for me is his first. And it's Barry Jenkins's *Moonlight*, the story of Chiron, and he. There's we 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 meet him in three different times in his life. He's a young boy dealing with some emotional abuse from his mother, trying to figure out who he is. Again, as a teenager, again further uh, trying to figure out his identity, being a a young gay black man in a neighborhood that is just poor and not exactly open to that type of a, of, a, of a life. And then finally, when he's older, um, as he uh, um, maybe runs on the other side of the law, he's been in prison for uh, dealing drugs. And it delivers some truly powerful and arresting performances. You have you have uh, Chiron played by three different people. Each one of them, too, are just wonderful and and fantastic and uh naomi harris plays chiron's mother to devastating effect the way jenkins plays that one scene when she yells at him that slur is by going silent is just so powerful because you can see his face as it hits him it's just it's incredible and then of course uh marichelle ali won an academy award for his performance as juan who's a drug dealer who who friends and kind of takes uh sharon Ronani becomes a father figure for him in his uh in his youth and it is just it's just a stunning film and uh uh, won the academy award that's of course is the big crazy upset year when they had announced la la land by accident Mm -hmm. and moonlight ended up winning and deservedly so so it's my Mm -hmm. 17.
1: moonlight is a an excellent film um and i recommend that everybody watch it it's just one of those films that it's like i don't know how many times i'm going to pull it off the shelf or go looking for it you know because it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a it's a heavy hit you know it's a heavy it's a heavy set all right so mine number 16 we did it for episode 38 long long time ago introduced the world to J law in uh, playing a a tough as nails a uh, young woman searching for her wayward father in the ozark mountains and kind of Getting into the seedy underbelly of the the meth land and everything else um, in Winter's Bone, which mm. features a fantastic uh, performance by John Hawks. Um, it's a kind of a uh, it's a gritty um, look, unflinching look at like you know something that doesn't you don't really hear about a lot. It's kind of the rural white poor, kind of downtrodden, drug and crime-addled, hopeless you know, stuff that's happening in middle America, like in the Ozarks and the Appalachians, stuff like that. And it's, it's really an interesting story and J law is great in it. Um, so it's something that, um, I think, I don't know. Is, is Jennifer Lawrence a thing? Is she still, is she over? I haven't really no. seen her in anything in a long time, but yeah, this one, this one really kind of put her on the map.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's fantastic. I'd forgotten all about winter's bone. So I just popped it on my list. But uh, yeah, no, that's great. And as you said, John Hawks is uh, just a crazy another level of terrifying in that thing, which you don't mm-hmm. wouldn't expect, if, especially if you don't from like Deadwood or any of his other yeah. roles. I mean, it's, it's something. So my number 16 then, Matt, I think this is the only time. Now, granted, I reserve the right to change my list as we go. But <laughs> my 60 is the only other film that features, well, I have the director. I have two of his films on my list. Okay. And it's it's back-to-back. Back. It's If Beale Street Could Talk, Barry Jenkins' okay. third film. I looked it up while yeah. you were speaking, and he actually, Moonlight was his second film. He did an independent film with Wyatt Cenac back in 2008. Okay. So, but If Beale Street Could Talk, which I think I may even like more than Moonlight. I know Moonlight gets all the praise, won the Academy Award. I think If Beale Street Could Talk is a better film. It's, Me too. It's, it's even more, uh, I think, emotionally resonant and heavy it stars so you have uh tish and fanny they're a young couple uh maybe one her 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 family isn't so high on him they come together but then tish becomes pregnant and they're trying to build a life together and then they run in they have an encounter um, that goes horribly wrong fanny ends up going to jail and it's the two of them trying to manage their lives and it kind of jumps back and forth a little bit but then I love the score from Moonlight from Nicholas Britell. If I'm pronouncing that right, maybe Britell. I apologize, but his score for this too is just. I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you, Matt. When I hear the notes, the score start, I actually well up a bit. It is so beautiful to me, and this film is it's it's like poetry. This film it is it's just stunningly beautiful. And it hits me on such an emotional level. I I I sob. I've watched it twice now, and it just it just devastates me every time. I listen to the score; it devastates me all over again. It is it's a beautiful film, and it's my number sixteen. If Beale Street could talk, I can't. I don't understand why there was no love for this at all at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the uh, green book. Year, I think too, which makes it even more frustrating. Yeah. I, ugh. anyway, it feels you could talk. So that's it, right? That's it. Those are our first five. Those are. That's 20 through 16, folks. There's even more to come. There's 15 yet to go. You think those films are good? <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> so we did say, Matt, next week, what are we doing again? It's going to be uh, Monos and Guns Akimbo.
1: Guns Akimbo, right.
0: So we can probably get into that whole separating the art from the artist type thing again, considering all the shanigans the director of Guns of Kimbo got into. Idiot. But, you know, it's it's more summer weaving, right? That's what right. we're kind of in for. That's what, that's what we're on board for, yeah. That works for me. All right. In the meantime... Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. I'll read it on the air, and I'll help other people find the show. You want to share it, don't you? And that's it, Matt. Why don't we uh, go ahead and take an extended break, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Stay safe. Social distance. Go away, please go away. I don't want to answer any more of your questions.
1: We're sorry to bother you at a time like this, Mrs. Twice. We would have come earlier, but your husband wasn't dead then.